Welcome back to the DWD podcast and to another continuing segment on this podcast called The Roundtable. This is a series where we invite multiple guests on the podcast to have a conversation about a particular topic. Today's topic is what is it like growing up liberal in a conservative state or area? Before we hop into this conversation, let's introduce our two guests, Bradley and Asher. Thank you so much for coming today, for coming to this podcast and to this conversation. Could you give a little bit of a background on who you are, where you're from, why you're here today? Why don't we start with Bradley? Oh, all right. Uh, So my name is Bradley, uh, last name redacted. Um, (laughs) uh, I am from New Orleans, Louisiana. it's technically Kenner, Louisiana, but if you don't say that's a part of New Orleans, uh, go fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> uh, I grew up a socialist atheist in a Catholic, uh, very conservative area. Uh, went to a Catholic school uh, for grammar school, middle school, high school. Um, and sort of, it, you know, I don't like to say that it was super challenging because, you know, everyone has problems and people have it way worse than I do. But it was an annoyance. And um, anything else about myself? I'm a physics major in the college at Georgetown. Um, perfect. That's about it. That's yeah. perfect. Asher, first time I'm having another Asher on the podcast. What what you all about? Well, uh, so I'm from Birmingham, Alabama, um, and I grew up in... The only suburb of Birmingham that overwhelmingly voted for Roy Moore in the 2017 special election. Oh, boy. So, um, but the interesting thing is that uh, compared to Bradley, I had kind of a different experience with regard to the school I went to. I went to the local public school for um, until fifth grade. So that was, that was difficult for a number of reasons. But then I went to a, like a small secular private school where uh, I would say... It was probably about 65, 35 liberal to conservative. Mm. Um, so I went to a fairly liberal school in a very, I mean, Birmingham itself is not a very red area at all, but like the suburbs tend to go pretty red and that's like where I lived. Uh, so I had to deal with that a lot. Um, and so yeah, I'm also in the college. I'm undeclared, but I'm intending to study uh, econ. So. I actually got into econ because I wanted to know what the hell was going on like on the news when they talked about econ stuff. So here I am, a little bit smarter now after <laughs> taking <laughs> a little bit of econ here. So Love it, love it. All right, so th- I think that's a great intro, and y'all touched on some points that I really want to go deep into. Starting off first with Bradley, you mentioned your political philosophy or ideology for both of you, where do you align on the political spectrum? And then also, how did you get there? Especially since you're from conservative states where you have a divergent opinion. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I'll, I guess, go first. But, because uh, you called me out. <laughs> so, on the, on the political spectrum, if you know the political compass, I'm negative 8.5, negative 9.2. Damn it. Uh, so, yeah, so... Like, you remember I, that. I do. I mm. do. I'm farther left than Stalin and more liberal, libertarian than Gandhi, uh, according to <laughs> according to politicalcompass.com. But um, I, I, you know, part of that is because they're online tests. I only ever go strongly agree or strongly disagree. I'm not a very half measures kind of guy. Uh, so I would I would put myself definitely lib left, but uh, I have like one or two 
quasi-red beliefs, but other than that, I'm, I'm mostly mainstream, progressive, you know, that area. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess how I got there, um, or do you want to go, and then we can talk about how we got there. No, go into how okay, you got there. Right. I'll Absolutely. keep, I'm on a roll. Uh, so, I, Louisiana as a whole, extremely red, but um, specifically, New Orleans itself is about like 67, 65% black. And so it's a quite blue like dot in the middle of the Red Sea. Uh, But I didn't live directly in New Orleans proper. I lived a little bit outside in Mm -hmm. Kenner. Uh, And the schools that I went to, all male Catholic. So a lot more red in that area. So, uh, but, but I never really was red I, I i remember one of my earliest memories of of like realizing that i was a bit farther left than everyone else was in the 2008 election uh when we were in like grammar school we had we did like an in-class voting thing yeah, like a mock election yeah, like a mock election, yeah i did basically. that too yeah and the way that we were to to vote was we had to draw a picture of the candidate and i remember asking for a brown marker hmm. and the teacher was like why interesting <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 and I, I, she like got on me she because I was like eight you know I didn't know she was like why do you want to vote for him and I was like oh well we've had like a lot of white presidents I think it'd be cool to have like a black president you know I'm eight I don't exactly know the intricacies of race relations in America and so she's like that's racism and you're a racist and wow I was like oh interesting <laughs> yeah and so like that sort of was what keyed me off on that was that everyone else was voting for Mitt Romney, not Mitt Romney, I'm sorry, McCain, because, you know, oh, well, that's who my mommy and daddy are voting for. And, like, she didn't say anything to them about it, but, you know, I'm not going to get salty over something my third grade teacher said, you know. So that was sort of like, I don't think I've ever been red. I think I was always somewhat liberal, and that just sort of, like, I was a very strong-head person. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really let what was going on around me affect my own personal beliefs that heavily and you know i always love to buck the trend and stuff and and be a, a sort of or at least think of myself as a, a like contrarian and and so I, I sort of you know always was was going against it. the closest i ever came was in the 2012 election just because uh i don't know why but for some reason obviously only fox news was on in my house pretty much the whole time so you you just like you pick up what's around you. Yeah. I was I did say that I would have voted for Mitt Romney, but I was twelve, so I have excuses for that. Yeah, of <laughs> you course. Know? But after that, I don't think I ever really strayed that far from the the liberal left belief system, internally at least. Mm. So before we jump to Asher, just a follow up question for that: Are your family are they do they follow suit with the rest of Louisiana, or did they also help in? producing your ideology in some respect yeah so like my dad is is pretty uh he's not as conservative as the some people that i know there's a lot of people that i know that are like you you would assume that they're being stereotypically you know parodying but no they're they're serious but my dad was never that bad my mom was a liberal uh, and she still claims to be a liberal I should say, though, there is a pretty heavy sect in Louisiana specifically of people who claim to be conservative Democrats. Mm -hmm. And so, like, my mom says that she's a Democrat. She's been a registered Democrat for, like, you know, 30 years. But 
she has on some occasions strayed to the conservative era. And yeah. Like, yeah. She she voted against Obama twice. Uh, because, but also that's – my parents are uh, an accountant and a banker, so they have a lot more, like, economic concerns mm-hmm. than as social, like, concerns. So they think that, you know, conservative economies do better. And there's a certain credence to that being true, historically speaking. So they sort of were – they sort of jumped on the conservative bandwagon for that. But my mom was always like very, even though she was Catholic, she was pro-choice, you know? And so she being, having someone in the house that was at least somewhat like me was extremely important Mm -hmm. for me, at least growing up that it was like, okay, I can be liberal. This is okay. You know, there's people that I know, people that I trust that are liberal and they, they understand me. But you know, my brother uh, is, pretty down the road down the middle uh he's like traditional catholic in that like he's conservative on only like uh pro-choice mm-hmm. and like a little bit on homosexuality but he still believes that gay marriage is allowed mm-hmm. and stuff but he's liberal in pretty much every other social area okay like, like you know traditional catholicism was but i i have i i'm very proud of myself that over the past like six or so years i've been slowly turning my dad and brother more and more liberal, <laughs> to the point where my brother is now a registered democrat oh like, interesting yeah I, I converted him over to the good side uh <laughs> you know and so my dad is uh he he's a, a he, he's a registered republican but he didn't vote for trump and i was very excited about that yeah didn't vote for hillary either but that's you know you, t- you take what you can get mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. So that that was sort of my family life. Perfect, perfect. Asher, how about yourself? What's where do you align? Uh, I would say that I'm probably in the same box as Bradley, but like a lot closer to the middle. Um, <laughs> in a joking sense, I like to think of the political compass as a pyramid. Yeah, not really, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm sure you've seen those. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, but yeah, I I would say that. Um, I'm pretty far on the libertarian side, um, and then when it comes to like, because socially, like, I really think that people should, I think privacy is a really important thing, and, like, people should really be able to do what, I mean, as they choose with their own bodies, with, with ter- in terms of their relationships, uh, things like that. Um, economically, I've always kind of leaned to, um, I've been, I've leaned pretty free market, except when I believe that there are, like, there are a number of situations in which the government, uh, is it's very right for the government to step in, especially with regard to uh, climate regulation. I think that's really important um, because there's, I mean, externalities are such a, a big problem with like with pollution and everything that there's no incentive to stop pollution. That's why I think the AP, EPA is really important, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Uh, but like, you know, on the balance of things, I, I end up seeing myself more liberal compared to people in Alabama uh, because the in Alabama, the like, key conservative points are all social issues the economic issues aren't really a thing because i mean it's all like evangelical voters who are driven by that and then the economic issues just sort of follow they're like oh well um you know i'm gonna vote pro-life and i mean whatever the (laughs) whatever the economic policy is of the person of the party that's voting Mm pro-life then i'll just go with that even if it doesn't really help them because they're so fixated on those social issues so with, with regard to like comparing myself to people in Alabama, I find that I come across as a lot more liberal uh, just because of 
like how far removed I am on those like that set of issues. Mm-hmm. Um, how I got there, so neither of my parents like have southern roots. So like my mom, I mean, she was born in Tuscaloosa. Roll Tide, baby. Uh, <laughs> but like her parents are both from up north. Um, and like my dad was born in Kenya and then moved and like grew up in the UK. Uh, and then like came here after he already like finished med school and everything like that. So, I mean, he's like first generation immigrant and everything. And so like he has a different perspective. Um, and so like really I would say my mom is like pretty, she's pretty liberal, like kind of classic, just Democrat, like liberal on most issues. Um, and then my dad is like basically like me um, except probably a little bit more economically conservative. Um, but yeah, and then I kind of just took after them, but then like, I think another big part of why I like have, why I dis- differentiated myself from other people around me is also because everybody around me was like super religious and everything. And like, I am not, I just like, I wouldn't, I mean, the term atheist is like kind of, I always considered myself an atheist when I was like growing up as a kid, but now I feel like saying atheist means that like you know that there isn't. So I feel like there's that sort of different. But like part that was also a big part of why I consider myself more liberal because you know religious conservatism is so big like where I'm from that if you're not religious then that's like considered a liberal mm. thing. Well, I think both of you have a pretty unique perspective on the tie between religion and the political spectrum. Mm-hmm which I think is also kind of an interesting concept. And Bradley, you touched on this a little before, that classic or traditional Catholicism was, was much more liberal comparatively. Um, so how do you both see religion materializing in your own respective areas? How does it push people to one side or the other or divide people on politics? Uh, yeah, so um, once again, called out, so I'll, I'll start. Uh, <laughs> The, the thing with New Orleans is that, like, even though most people, and they're correct in saying this, the, the South is very, you know, Baptist, Protestant area, New Orleans is, like, the one bastion of, of, of like, Catholicism mm-hmm. that's, like, everyone there is Catholic, and it's got a very large following there. Um, and I went to a Jesuit high school, and as I'm sure we, both, we all know, Jesuits are very liberal compared to most Catholic Modern, yeah. in the modern times. Yeah. You know, Pope Francis being a, a Jesuit has been stirring up the church <laughs> for the past few years, you know. Um, so Catholicism for me, at least, uh, has always been like a very, from my own perspective, it was like, oh, this is a sort of a liberal belief. And then once growing up, I was sort of like, oh, no, other places it's not. And I think that generalizes a lot where we're Religion, for the most part, especially Christian religions, are a necessarily more traditional conservative because they were established in a different era, and mm-hmm. they had to. They were formed by their times, and religions are not very uh, willing to change their beliefs because if if you think that the God that you believe in created your religion, it can't change because he did it right the first time. Mm-hmm. You know. So I think that there is a a big tie between religion and politics because people form their religious beliefs early and they almost universally stick to them for their whole life. 
And so politics are almost always like an afterthought for most people. It's like, oh, well, I believe this about, you know, my religion, and that's a, sort of such a big part of my life that, you know, the politics are just like, they come with it. They're mm-hmm. like, and I think that's a bit dangerous, but not wanting to get into the philosophy of that, you know, I, I, I do think that like religion, especially in the South, is the more pertinent concern to the average person than politics. Mm. Interesting. Okay, Asher, how about you? What, what's your experience in the combination of religion and politics like? So, um, I'll just start with like I I was like I grew up in sort of like a culturally Hindu sort of household oh, thing because cool. well because my dad's like he's Indian um, gotcha. and so like but it wasn't really a religion thing but like that was the religion I was exposed to until I went into school and then when I went to school I like sort of you know encountered all of these people you know Baptists and Methodists and everything but you know typically very on the very like evangelical side of things um, and so like I have a the different perspective in terms of like which religion it is because like Bradley's talking about Catholicism and I'm talking about like evangelical Christianity which um, I feel like like he was saying Catholicism has this sort of like at its roots is a bit more of a liberal sort of thing especially the Jesuit tradition but like evangelical Christianity is like they come out there I mean and they're they say what they mean about the political issues and I mean in churches um, there's, I mean, there are laws about this, but, like, it happens that, like, people are essentially, like, informed about which political choices that they need to make with regard to religion. Because, um, I mean, I totally agree with Bradley on this point, that the religion comes first. It's the most important thing in people's lives. I mean, they go to church all the time. Um, it's, like, all they think about a lot of the time. I mean, not all they think about. They think about their livelihoods. But, like, you know, after, like, daily stuff, I mean religion's very important with people in the South. And I think that, like, the fact that people are really concerned about that and then the religion influences a bunch of uh, personal beliefs that they have about certain things, and then those personal beliefs also seem to coincide with political um, affiliations. So then they choose the political affiliation that goes with their church. And often, like, I mean, during the, the 2017, like, the special election with Doug Jones and Roy Moore... I mean, the churches were very involved in propping up Roy Moore. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that, like, the religion plays a very active role in politics. Absolutely. How did having a divergent political opinion for both of you around your area impact your conversations on a a day-to-day? Was there a big skew, or did you find that you were able to still have common place, common points of conversation that didn't just blow up because I, I the thing that I notice all the time about people who have divergent opinions that speak to each other is it's always portrayed as something that's polarizing that people are yelling at each other do you think that your conversations followed in that manner when you discussed politics if at all uh, yeah so um, obviously there's going to be the occasional like full-on like yelling match yeah those are extremely rare though they, I've only been in like one or two maybe in my entire life full-on screaming matches with someone about politics, you know? And, I mean, that's just me personally. Uh, uh, but for the most part, when you're like in school with these people and you have to be there every day and you have to, you have to like 
sit with them at lunch. You have to be in classes with them. You have to study with them. You have to be in projects with them. You can't, there's no way to have a, a functioning community and be constantly yelling at each other. Yeah. For the most part, especially with my friends, and I mean, you have to be able to make friends with people that you don't know or you won't survive, or with, with people that you don't agree with on everything or you won't survive. So, I mean, you have to make conservative friends and you have to be willing to give some concessions. And so with my friends, you know, at the lunch table or whatever, it's just sort of like a little, it, it's a joke basically that we're, you know, against each other on this. Like, uh, part part of my language, but like, I was called like a libtard mm -hmm. as a joke by my friends all the time. And like any time a political thing ever came up, you know, I knew that they weren't like vehemently saying that I was like, you know, a bad person and my beliefs were difficult and or my beliefs were wrong. It's that like it was a joke like, oh, we're arguing, you know, haha. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And like definitely i was way more likely to argue with the people that weren't my friends okay there were a lot of those people and those arguments happened a lot uh, especially in like in my religion classes there would be a lot of like people who were defending their beliefs with like the bible and with you know religious text yeah. and that really that always upsets me because it's like you can't base your belief system in something that's not proven basically hmm. but that's, uh, that's but to them to them they think it is yeah, to them yeah they think it is, exactly. exactly and so th that's the sort of the root of the problem but i mean it's not like it's not a constant thing it's just sort of like in the background for the most part you have to be able to make friends with these people and you can't be arguing with them 24 7 sure you know so that's my experience at least. yeah asher how about you so um i can really like okay i, I think i had some the most confrontations um surprisingly when I was in elementary school hmm. because um, like at that point it was mostly sort of an atheist Christian thing because like I didn't really go around telling people that much but like I mean like I told like a couple of my friends and they were like chill about it but like you know we're pretty young they won't really know the significance of it so they may have like just talked about it to somebody else and then it kind of got out and um, so yeah I ended up having this like really like kind of <laughs> like bad confrontation with this one kid about that and you know it really it was not like a very intellectual discussion on either of our parts because we were like nine or something hmm. uh, but I mean in high school it was a bit different it was more of a since um, my school was like pretty I wouldn't say split down the middle in terms of uh, liberal and conservative but like there was a, a su substantial like contingent of both sides and so when we had like when elections would come around, I mean, the, I mean, I can really mostly speak to like the 2016 presidential election that divided a lot of people like it. Um, I mean, friendships were like sort of strained heavily mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, when that came around, because, I mean, if you found out that like your friend uh, voted for Trump or like they're that well, they wouldn't have voted because they're young, but like, yeah. you know, like supportive Trump, you know, yeah. like, I mean, it's just sort of like. A lot of people just didn't really want to have to deal with that, so they would like just stop hanging out with people, mm -hmm. and then like every now and then there'd be these sorts of like really tense moments. Um, I wouldn't say screaming matches happened, but uh, there was a lot of tension, and so uh, we ended up having these like sort of um, discussions where we just like 
get everybody, like as many people as possible. Like, I mean, I sort of helped do this thing with like the Democrat club and the Republicans club, like to sort of get people like to really talk about issues and everything like that. And I think it, it for the most part went well, especially given that like, you know, we were talking about things like abortion and everything like that, which, which can be really hot button issues. But I mean, I think the key was not to like try to get people to change their beliefs, but just to understand that like, it's not the end of the world if somebody has a different belief. You can still be friends with them. And like Bradley was saying, I mean, you have to coexist with people. Yeah. You, you have to. Um, and I think in my case, it was like maybe not as much of a necessity, necessity because you could find people. There were enough people who had your beliefs that you could just interact with them. Whereas Bradley, like I'm assuming that like you had fewer people who were also liberal. Yeah, the, uh, the election results for the 2016 like mock election that we did was 8515. Hmm. Yeah, so okay. a lot less. So mm. like I, I would say that um, when you have fewer people that you can just like isolate yourself among, it's like I mean, it's more you have to really interact with people more. Um, but like in my case, I mean, you, I went to a pretty small school, so you still had to interact with people all the time. Um, and so I, I would say like, I mean, things did get better, but there was there were some moments. Yeah. Do you think there's hope that more people can have conversations like that where it's not just what you'll see on the news of like one person yelling at another person? And if so, what type of strategies have you used to prevent to getting a, to a screaming match? I would say the key thing with preventing a screaming match is really just to like, I mean, I've started doing this like a lot more since I've come here. Um, and I guess we'll, we'll talk about like coming to Georgetown, like and how you feel like at place, like what your place yeah. is among like a more liberal uh, Washington DC sort of thing. But like, I would say that like, I found the most successful tactic to be just listen, mm -hmm. you know, let the other person talk first. Let them go all like say their whole spiel. Just listen. Don't ask questions. And then like at the end, I like ask questions. Like I don't say my own thing first. I ask them questions and they're questions that like I try to like make them think about what they're sort of like what they're going for. Like especially if like I notice maybe they contradicted themselves or something like that. I'll sort of ask a question like that's like not like confrontational at all but sort of like just you know like so you said this so what do you think about this or something like that i try to like work them into the mindset of like being ready to accept that i have a valid opinion as well and then mm -hmm. i'll sort of like you know say what i think you know and like i think that just really deferring to somebody else especially if i mean you see yourself as like you know, I really want to make this work in terms of a conversation. You kind of have to just let other people go for it first. You know, let th let them do their thing first, and then you can kind of work from there. Super smart strategy, Bradley. Do you have a similar experience or uh, anything to add? Yeah. Uh, so, I always, I was gonna say this, uh, and I forgot to say it, but go ahead. Like, for the most part, uh, most people, because it was only like fifteen percent liberal, mm -hmm. were very quiet about that. And so I was kind of, for my grade at least, the like liberal, okay. like the socialist. You're like the spokesperson. Yeah, exactly. I was like <laughs> the you. spokesperson because I was very outspoken about mm -hmm. it. And so the, any time that someone wanted to pick a fight or have a debate, they would come to me like, hey, Bradley, why are you, why are you like killing babies? You know, mm. shit like that. Exactly. And so even though most people would only debate with me maybe one time a year, when you have 300 people in your grade, <laughs> That's a lot it's of a debates. daily. <laughs> yeah. You know, so... Uh, 
And by the end of my like senior year, I kind of just sort of was like, I was spent. I realized I've, no one has ever won these debates. These debates aren't changing minds. Mm -hmm. These kids are 17, 18, 16 sometimes. They're not like fully formed people yet, basically. They're proto-humans, essentially. Mm. They haven't experienced the world enough to understand. Neither have I, you know? Mm -hmm. it's, it's, a, it's a reciprocal thing, you know? And so these debates are, they're good. They're good to make sure that people are thinking. And I always found like one of the hardest things in these debates is you really, really have to try to not sound like you're talking down to them. Yeah. Because that ends every debate. Oh, yeah. It's like, you know, you can't say like, you can't talk down to them. You have to talk to their level or else that shuts them down and they're mm -hmm. done. They're not listening. Mm -hmm. They think, oh, you're thinking you're high and mighty. That's it. That's the end of the debate. I'm not listening anymore. And that's the worst thing. But so towards the end of my senior year, my response was always a, like a joking response. I would never just like get into these debates like, oh, brother, you like killing babies? Yeah, I love it. Can we like you have any? You want to like. Kill him. Mm -hmm. Let's go. Well, let's go. You yeah. know, and that like that shuts down the, the debate because they understand, oh, he's not willing to fight about it. Mm -hmm. And I get that, like some people love to argue. I was one of those people for a yeah. long time. But like at some point you have to realize that, like, it's you have to understand that you're not going to be willing to die on a hill every day. Yes. You have to just sort of let things go mm -hmm. because they they can't they can't fix what you want them to fix. So. Trying is just a waste of energy. Yeah, and it's about selecting your battles, it, it, I think. Exactly. 100%. So, yeah, I, Asher, you, you actually perfectly segued into this. Um, what's the experience been like coming to a place like D.C. that does have a reputation of being much more liberal than where both of you are from? Uh, have you noticed a change in the way that you feel when expressing your ideas or when having conversations with people? Um, I've found that I actually think that I am relatively conservative coming here. Okay. And um, yeah, and so the weird thing is that like I've always felt like you know I'm I'm a liberal you know I'm, I I would like I vote Democrat like I would vote Democrat like I mean I'm definitely going to I mean, yeah and like I mean I don't really care honestly who the who the candidate is I'm I'm gonna vote Democrat and like but the thing is you come here and like now it's like. I mean, okay, people at home who consider themselves liberal would be like, I'll take who I can get, you know, because you're in Alabama, your vote barely counts. Mm -hmm. and so, like, honestly, everyone's really happy if, like, there's a Democrat. Mm -hmm. And so, like, people here would probably scoff at the fact that we voted for Doug Jones because he's, like, you know, he supports the Second Amendment and, like, you know, just stuff like that. He's always very vocal about being, like, I mean, I, I don't know about evangelical. I don't know what form of Christianity he is, but he's very outspoken about his religion mm -hmm. and like you know sometimes you take what you can get right you, you cut your losses but I mean here I mean we uh, I, I've heard on multiple occasions people like mocking Biden and stuff like that which honestly like I understand that like sometimes it's not like I mean he may not be the best candidate but like mm -hmm. you know we might end up getting stuck with him mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. what I mean and so like sometimes it's better just to sort of like be a little bit more civil about things, especially like with other, I guess, Democrats or liberals or something like that. Um, and like kind of tying this to how I felt at a, like in a place that was also like, like my, my high school was like pretty liberal. Um, I always found that while I agreed with 
the liberal people, like Democrats, more on issues, I far disagreed with them on their tone and like the way that they approach conservatives and okay. having discussions. Like, I I got the whole like condescension thing a lot more from like liberal people than I did from the conservative people, except for like a couple. But um, a couple of the conservative people were like, you know, very aloof about their things. They're mm-hmm. sort of like, well, I mean, of course I'm right. But then I got that very often and like from the, you know, more liberal people because they would always be like, how how could you possibly believe these things? And it's like, well, you know, sometimes people just do believe these things. Mm-hmm. And so I've gotten that here too. Um, I feel like sometimes like I've had to, and like, oh, another thing is like, I, I don't believe that like, political correctness is like this great menace or something like the people at Turning Point USA like to make it seem like. But, you know, mm-hmm. it's sometimes you, you kind of have to like watch what you're saying yeah. Uh, yeah. Just in terms of like cleaning up your language and things like that, which I didn't have to do back home, even among people who were liberal, uh, because everyone was sort of like, whatever. Um, and so, I mean, that's not always a bad thing, I think. I think that like being a lot more respectful in your discourse is very important. Um, but sometimes it can be taken to an extreme, I believe. Sure. Um, and so I'm not really sure exactly like how people are on all of these sorts of things here because I'm, I mean, I've only been here for a couple of months, so still trying to test that out. Absolutely. Bradley, how about yourself? Yeah, so like I was, I was gonna talk about like the one like biggest difference that I've noticed is like I do see myself watching my language a lot more. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's not like a negative thing, but it is a little bit constrictive, you know? Mm-hmm. And that, you know, it's not negative, it's good. And when I was in, you know, the South, I knew what I was saying, like, for clarity, I wasn't like saying the N word or anything. I was just, you know, yeah. there's some language that you say that you, sh- I knew it was not right to say it, I knew, but like, you know, no one around me was that thing. So it's okay to say, mm-hmm. or at least that's how everyone else thought about it. And so even though I knew like, this is probably wrong, I shouldn't be saying this. Now that I'm here and there's a lot more everyone else is looking out for it and no one else is saying those things, it's definitely something that's a lot more prevalent in my mind. Sure. You know, I'm thinking about it. And I I do think it's a positive thing. It is probably better to have language that doesn't, you know, immediately shut people down. Mm -hmm. You know, like if you say certain words, some people are immediately like done. And that's mm-hmm. the same thing I was talking about with, you know, the, the talking down to someone that ends the debate, and that's not what you want. So I, I do think that it's a good thing, but that was, like, the biggest difference that I noticed, at least. Um, so, yeah. Absolutely. And I think the, the importance of what you bring, I've also experienced that. I'm from, like, a ver- like New York State in general. My vote is basically a toss-away vote as well for any Democrat. Uh, I mean, for primaries, it's a different story, but like in a general election, we're going to end up voting Democrat regardless. Um, but even coming here, you're you're totally right. There's a change of scenery. Um, campuses tend to be far more liberal than even the areas that you're in, uh, in particular. Like um, Georgetown, I think, is a little bit different because I do think there's a stronger conservative president, uh, pres- presence just because like, we're all interested in politics and, and stuff like that. But... I think the the one thing both of you mentioned that is very important is just because you're coming to this place and you may have said things differently when you're home and you're you're going through a process of learning. I I don't like the the concept of political correctness as it's thrown around a lot because I think it's a very loose term and when you're debating regarding a moving target where it's constantly different, it's very hard to have a meaningful conversation 
but to use that word of political correctness and like thinking about like should i really be saying these words or in this way you're not a bad person for changing or for for realizing that you know i should not have said that before and now i'm going to change my ways because and maybe this gets into something about like cancel culture and stuff like that but like people can change fundamentally that's just like a belief i have i don't know if y'all agree with that I agree. um but it's not productive to just be like i don't want to talk to you anymore because you have a particular belief like being so dogmatic which i think is a big issue on both sides of the aisle of just saying i am right there's no way i'm wrong and you cannot convince me otherwise right that is not productive that does not produce conversations like we can have or like i've had with other people or i'm sure you've had with other people here as well um but i think that's a super important lesson to have that's all i really have for this week's episode so everyone who's been listening thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode if you would like to contact any of us our socials are all in the description of this episode that's a wrap on episode 30 see you next week we out peace